0: Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and a very warm welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investing podcast with me, your host, Frank Flegg. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the summer holidays. We are rapidly approaching that time of year when people head off to sunnier climes I got back from Barbados last week, headed to Croatia in uh, two or three weeks time and sat down last night with my other half to plan our summer holidays in more detail. So we have numerous things, we have seminars and conferences, we have child care Commitments in terms of a blended family. We have weekends away, we have friends and family coming to stay, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. As I was going through all of this, I realized that instinctively I follow a pattern. And what I mean by that is I balance my summer out quite deliberately. And it, it wasn't a conscious thing that I've done this year that i've never done before i realized it's been an evolution and i thought it might be of interest to you guys to hear how i do it and it it, i do think it's a very personal thing. I don't think there's a one size fits all. I know a lot of people preach from the pulpit saying you know this is how to do it. It's certainly a a system that works well for me. So firstly I believe very much in seasons. I think it's from my religious background that I think in Christianity we talk a lot about seasons and I think I think that is a big part of it. So I very much see the summer holidays, and and by that I'm talking about July and August largely, as a relaxing, healthy season. I see September, October, November as really hard-working season. And I think that comes from my academic background, being at university, being a school teacher, etc. You get about half the academic year done with kids at secondary school in that Christmas term, that autumn term. So that I see as a really intense time for business and work. December is a really relaxing time for me. I generally take about a month off from the middle of December to the middle of January. Historically, that's just been because all the lawyers stopped working, etc. And um, I can have a real, real break without having vendors jumping up and down, etc. Then hit it hard again, middle of January, February, March, have a good break in April, couple of weeks, work again hard after that, May, June, and then have a really relaxing July and August. I see that as a balanced year. And we often talk about your default diary and balancing your weeks out. But I do think balancing your seasons are important, as well so that's the first thing to say the second thing to say is business continues (laughs) the world keeps turning so i have not got to the point where i just take july and august off would i enjoy that i'm not sure even when i went to central america for seven weeks a couple of years ago i still worked while i was out there i took loads of time off it was definitely a relaxing period but i worked while i was out there so would i take two whole months off I do actually miss work. I missed work last week. It's really interesting. Found myself talking about work with the people that I was on holiday with. Actually went with um, with some work colleagues. So there were there were nine couples that went away for a friend's birthday and found myself talking business <laughs> some of the time. Found myself reading business books. And again, that's something I do do when I'm on holiday. I, I enjoy that. I won't write notes on them. I won't have meetings. I won't check emails or WhatsApp but I do enjoy learning while I'm on holiday. So would I enjoy two months off? I don't think I would. I think I would miss work too much. I definitely was ready to come back to work after that week away. I had a full week off, no work other than chit chat with other business people but I I was ready to come back to work yesterday. So for me, it's a time when I keep the wheels turning in the business over the summer. It's a time when I really invest in family so summer barbecues, weekends away, camping with the kids, sailing with the kids. Croatia's I think 10 days away with the family. I won't work at all during that time. But we are going down to the beach. We're spending a, a week on the beach in August where I will work. And you might think, oh, you shouldn't work when you're on holiday, but I'd rather take more holidays and have somewhere I'm completely off and somewhere I keep the wheels turning where I won't have any meetings, but I am contactable. So I will check my WhatsApps once a day. I will keep on top of my emails. And that probably takes me about an hour a day. So I can keep everyone working at full capacity on about an hour a day. And I'm talking about a team of 15 or 16 there. So that ability for people to ask me questions, for me to feedback to them, perhaps to electronically sign a document, uh, make a decision here or there, keeps everyone working at maximum efficiency. Whereas if I'm away for a week or 10 days or two weeks and I'm not available to communicate with then obviously some of those decisions get paused and that slows down the business or businesses so for me having a balance between being completely off being away with the family and on kind of a maintenance schedule of of probably an hour a day. I will have a call as well, you know, perhaps I'll go for a run of a morning and I'll schedule a call to catch up with a business partner or or one of the team that have got an in-depth question. I will leave voice notes for clients. So when I'm off in that capacity, I won't let clients know that I'm off. So I'll still be contactable by clients. I just won't schedule any meetings with clients. So the delivery continues. I will let my team know that I'm away but that I'm contactable so I've got kind of like maintenance schedule complete relaxation off schedule then I've also got full intensive working and what I mean by that is when I'm not with the family so I used to do this where i'd say to my ex-wife when we were together i'd say i'm gonna work that day and i'm gonna work that day and perhaps she would pick a day or 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 two or three however many we deemed was a good balance to work full-on so on those days i'd get up Normally, half six, I'd be at my desk at eight and I'd work a full day. And sometimes I'd work a really full day. I might do 12 hours to bang everything out. You know, that might be the content creation. That might be, I wouldn't ordinarily, for example, record a podcast while I was on a maintenance schedule, mainly because it's so time consuming. I might plan a few podcasts, you know, while I sat down with a cup of coffee. In the morning before everyone gets up you know i might do a little bit of strategic thinking but i wouldn't do the do necessarily i wouldn't sit down and record a podcast episode just just because you know i want to be around when the kids get up etc but for those intensive times and it might be an average of it might be 10 days over an eight week summer, something like that, where I'm going to do a full on day. And what I find is that that means that the businesses keep driving forward, they keep growing. So things don't stand still over the summer, they just grow more slowly. But because I'm creating less so less marketing content less sales content less leads for the business less work to do less ideas because i'm creating less the business has less to do which also gives my team a bit of a break as well and i i know that that might sound inefficient but every every part of the business needs those relaxing periods needs those relaxed seasons in my opinion. And of course, in a six week summer, most of the team might take 10 days off or 10 weeks. That'd be nice. In a six week summer, most of my team will take a week, two weeks, 10 days off. Well, if everyone does that over the summer, which is quite possible, we're not at full capacity. Whereas very few of my team will take a week off in October or, or November, perhaps they will for half term, but certainly not in November. So we've probably got 100% resource in November, but we have far less in, in August, for example. Now, if you're sat there thinking, yeah, that's all well and good, Frank, but I, I don't have a team, I don't have, you know, 15, 16 employees that I ask you to reconsider because as a property investors, you do have a team. You have a letting agent, you have a conveyancer, you have a planning consultant, you have a mortgage broker, you have an architect, you have an accountant, etc, etc, etc. You have maintenance teams. And if you don't have any of these people on your power team, then then you should do. You should have those people on, on your power team. I've struck up a JV in the last three weeks three I think I'm right in saying it's three weeks ago um it's definitely in June so perhaps three and a half weeks sat down struck up a JV arrangement with a estate agent since then so in three three and a half weeks we have agreed six sales with their clients that's i think the best jv marketing jv i've ever done it's a strategic alliance because they are vendors of theirs or landlords of theirs they're a letting agent as well who are not selling their properties through them so then they're not able to sell them at the price they want to sell them at they're stuck on the market or they're landlords who want to get rid of their portfolio but don't know how to sell it and the six properties have actually split 50 50 down the middle so three of them have accepted 75 percent of market value so a really decent below market value price and three of them are control now pay later deals so no money down uh, deals fantastic results we're flipping three of them using our turning discounts into cash flow strategy so the three bmv ones we're we're selling those on to waiting investors and the control now pay later ones we are keeping for ourselves in order to build our portfolio and what i've done as part of the jv i'm actually giving 50 percent of those deals to the estate agent so the estate agent is actually building their portfolio and of course they have to declare their interest etc which they're doing but to have six deals basically for free, well, I guess six half deals because it's a 50 50 JV, but to have six half deals for zero marketing spend is absolutely phenomenal so when you're thinking about those seasons it's important to recognize that your power team whether it's your estate agent whether it's your letting agent whether it's your accountant your architect etc or your jv partners in in this instance they're all going to be under resource they're all going to be less than 100 capacity over the summer months and so that actually makes it a good time for you to have a restful season. By the way, if you would like me to do a a specific episode on how I've structured that JV with the estate agent, how we've gone and found those deals, this is a regular high street estate agent, how they are finding control now pay later deals, how they are finding 25% below market value properties to buy. Some of these are landlord rented properties already so they're already tenanted already managed by the letting agent and some of them are owner occupiers that are wanting to sell i think we've got one that is um emigrating uh, overseas if you'd like me to run an episode on that to really go into depth about how we've made that so successful as i say six deals in three three and a half weeks is unbelievable so yeah if you'd like me to run an episode on that just shout and i'll uh, i'll really go to town on explaining it because I've been saying for months now, now is the time to buy. And if that's not proof of the pudding, you know, that's not evidence that there are hundreds and thousands of people who are wanting and needing to sell their properties. And because they're not able to, they are willing to be very, very flexible either on price or very, very flexible on terms, both of which are fantastic for us because it means we can structure sophisticated deals so yeah if you want an episode on that just shout i'd love to do one back to the summer we've talked about having a complete break that is so important it is so important to completely switch off and do no work i'm a massive believer in one day off a week doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday, if it's a Saturday, if it's a Sunday, pick a day and do no work on that day. I think that's really, really important. I'm also a massive believer in having complete time off. So a week, four days, 10 days, 14 days, where you are completely uncontactable. The most I've ever done is 21 days actually. Uh, I went on a three week holiday to the States a few years ago and was uncontactable for three weeks. I loved it, absolutely loved it. For me, it's a bit long. I miss work, which is I think a great thing. I generally, when I go on holiday, look forward to going on holiday and look forward to coming back and i think that's a really good balance so we've talked about those times when you're completely off we've talked about the hybrid times like the maintenance times and i think you need to decide if that works for you i kind of do it in a way that my kids don't know i'm doing it i think i don't want them to feel like they're sharing me very rarely you know, when we're spending that week at the beach, I'll get up at six. They'll get up at seven. They won't even know that, or they'll be playing in the arcade. And I said, you know what? I'll say I'm going to go have a coffee next door in Starbucks. <laughs> come tell, me, <laughs> come tell me when you need more money, and I'll just sit there for half an hour and and go through my WhatsApps, leave a voice note or two. So they're 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 unaware. I, I do think that's a hard skill to have, though. I think to be a hundred percent present for your family, but still to support your team and your business is hard. I, I think some people would do too much work and some people wouldn't be responsive enough to their team and so would frustrate their team. So I'm not advocating that. I'm just letting you know that it's how I do it and and it works for me, but it, but it may, may not work for everyone. I get that. That hybrid may not be great for everyone. I do recognize that. And then we've talked about the being full on and almost pushing yourself harder for short sprints because you've got so much time off. It's like, you know, the, the 48 hours before you go away on holiday, you often will get a week's work done. Well, if you're going on holiday every other week then you can put in a shift for 24 hours perhaps you know get a ton of work done every week and 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 sometimes it's amazing what you can actually get done because you're so rested because you've been going to the gym because you've been getting loads of sleep because you've been eating healthily because you've been out of the, in, in the sunshine, I get a lot of energy from the sunshine. We've talked about those times. And if you haven't already watched it, a really empowering, really motivating, really positive documentary that's out on Netflix at the moment is Arnold. So it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a three-part documentary. The first part is him as a bodybuilder, so Mr. Universe, etc. how dedicated, focused, and hard he worked uh, in order to achieve that. I think he won 10 world titles or something, unbelievable. Then you've got the years as an actor, one of the most successful, actors of, of his time, whether you like him or not. And that was a goal of his. He had that as a goal. There's now a museum in Austria in the house where he used to live, which is amazing. Then there's the third part of the series, which is him as a governor. Obviously, he's had a lot of editorial control over the uh, documentary, but the overriding, whether you like him or not, the overriding thing I took away from it were two actually. One, he set his, set his sights on it and was willing to work until he got there and what a life he has led in terms of the people he's influenced and the the work he has done. But secondly, he said something in there and he said it a few times. He says, it doesn't matter how you feel. People say that they're feeling a bit down or a bit depressed or they're feeling a bit demotivated. So they're not going to work today. He says, it doesn't matter how you feel. Just get up and work really hard. And he said that's what he's done for his whole life. If you look at what he's achieved, it's very hard to believe that he's not walked the walk because it's very hard to achieve that much. So three, basically three world leading roles. Governor of California is pretty up there. You know, he's he's sat down with Tony Blair, who was Prime Minister at the time, etc. He's been a world class athlete, possibly the best bodybuilder in the world at the time, and he's also been one of the most recognised and highly paid actors of all time as well. So his message is: don't worry about how you feel; just get up in the morning and and do the work. And I really took that from it. I was like, yeah, what needs to be done? I'm just going to crack on and, and and do it. So if you haven't watched that documentary, I can I can thoroughly recommend it. Very motivating as a as an entrepreneur. And interestingly, I don't, I don't know if um if you know this, but um, he didn't take a salary. He was due a salary. He was entitled to a salary as governor of California. He didn't take it. He um, donated it back to the state. And the reason he was able to do that was because he's already self-made. He's already financially free from his property investments. He has made millions upon millions of dollars f- through Real estate investing is uh, is residential and commercial um, investments, which is not very well publicized. It always astounds me how few wealthy people have not invested in property. Most wealthy people have created a huge part of their wealth, not 10% or 20%, more like the inverse of that 80% or 90% of their wealth through their property investments. So that really motivated me. It kind of ties in with what I'm saying is when you are working, and Brad Sugish says this, when you're working, work 100%. And so my encouragement to you guys is to not let the summer happen by accident. Live your summer on purpose, just as you should be living your life on purpose, just as Arnie says. And what I mean by that is, do what I did with my partner last night and map out your summer what days are you going to work really hard what days are you going to be completely off what days are you going to be on maintenance mode if you choose to use that where will you be each week like don't fall into the default of spending five weeks of the summer at home and one week overseas just because that's what you do every year have a look and think actually we could go take an airbnb at the beach that week or actually we could go visit Family that week, or actually, we could have family come to us. Do it on purpose, or actually, there's a conference there. For for example, I've got a work um, colleague, it's um, an associate in one of my masterminds who's invited me to his birthday party down in Norfolk over the summer. And I'd like to go to it. A lot of my other associates through that mastermind will be there. I'd like to go to it, but Norfolk's probably a four hour drive for me. So I could just go down on my own and attend the party and I could be really boring and, and just drive back the same night and literally just do an eight-hour round trip for the party. Or, and this is what we decided to do because we're looking forwards and planning in advance, we said, look, let's find out if kids are invited. If kids are invited, then We'll take a Airbnb for the week down in Norfolk. We'll make a really nice week of it. We'll go to the party as a family and make the most of the fact that we're driving four hours to a different part of the country. There's no way we could have done that if we thought of it two days before. By looking at it six, eight weeks in advance, we can look at our work schedules and say, well, actually, if you work that day, And if I work that day, you know, and do something fun with the kids on those days and then we have the party and then we all both of us have those three days off or we go into maintenance mode for those three days, we can actually have an amazing week in Norfolk, for example. So it is about being deliberate, living it on purpose. And if you can do that, then you're going to reap the rewards. And it's the same as planning your education. So I took five books with me to Barbados that I was interested in reading. I didn't put myself under any pressure to read any of them, but every time I fancied having a read, whether it was on the beach, next to the pool, relaxing in the lounge before um, dinner, I would pick up one of those five books that I was interested in reading at that moment. And I probably did. We were there for, I think, eight days in total, nine hour flight each way. I probably did 20 hours, maybe a bit more, maybe 25 hours reading that week. And I loved it, didn't feel like work, didn't feel under any pressure, would have been reading something, because I love reading, and so, I've actually got for free 25 hours this is how I approach it I've got for free 25 hours of learning that week and I'm really enjoying myself so that is only possible if you take five quality reading books with you now as it happens I didn't touch three of them I've read one of them since coming back actually but I only read two I finished one and then I, I, I read, read another one. I was part way through all five when I left England, which I often do. I often have five to 10 books on the go because I'm not always in the mood for, for the same book. I've covered that on this podcast previously, but I read a decent chunk of two books while I was away and, um, and really enjoyed them. So from my perspective, guys, I would encourage you to plan out your summer to work out your education. Work out when you're doing the do. Work out when you're doing your strategy. Work out when you're in the zone looking after yourself, looking after your family. And above all else, stay in balance. Because if you're in balance, you're far more likely to be happy. It's very hard to be happy when you're out of balance, in my experience. So if you're in balance, you're going to be happy, which means you're achieving your goals. Because everyone's goals, if you ask why enough times they end up with I want to be happier. I want to make more money. Why do you want to make more money? Because I want to have better experiences. Why do you want to have better experiences? Well, because I want to enjoy them. What 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 does enjoyment mean to you? It means happiness and every goal pretty much will come back to happiness. I want to spend more time with my family. Why? Because it will make me happy. I want to have such and such car. Why? Because it will make me happy. So if you are in balance, you're far more likely to achieve your ultimate goal of happiness. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you have an amazing summer. If I could be of any assistance, don't hesitate to get in touch. Until next week, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.